Hello everyone, I'm Jerry Savell. Thank you for joining me today. What a joy it is to be able to come to you each and every week and share the Word of God. And I believe today is a very special broadcast. We're talking about honoring your heritage of faith. Once again, my guest is Richard Roberts, a longtime friend, and Richard, it's so good to have you with us Thank today. you, Jerry. It's always a joy to be with you and Carolyn and, and to be a part of your ministry. You've been a blessing to Lindsay and me for many, many years, thank and you, I thank God for that. Amen. Thank you so much. We uh, started last week talking about the heritage of faith, yes. and I want to read a couple of scriptures before we okay. make some comments here. In Genesis chapter 8, verses 9, all the way down through verse, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 9 and verse 12, it says, And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I made between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. Mm -hmm. He's talking to Noah, and he says, For perpetual generations. I wrote in this little book that I have available for our uh, viewers today the definition of perpetual is lasting or endeavoring for a long period of time. Mm -hmm continuing indefinitely without interruption, unceasing, continuous. In other words, God made a covenant with Adam. Adam blew it, but then he started over with Noah. And then eventually he made a covenant with Abraham. Yes. And the Bible says we are the seed of Abraham. Right. But notice that God used the word perpetual. So this was something that was supposed to last indefinitely. On and on and on, on, and, on, on and on and on. Generation yes. after generation. That's correct. And then it says in Genesis chapter 18 regarding Abraham, the father of faith, for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they will keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken to him. Now, and one of the reasons why, apparently, that God chose Abraham is because He knew that Abraham would teach his children that this life of faith that Abraham would be taught by God, He would teach it to his children, and it would be fulfillment of what He said to Noah, that it will be perpetuated. Well, that's why that perpetual cycle is so important, because it has to be taught generation by generation by generation. That's why my father had to pour that into me yeah. and why I pour that into my children. It has to be taught. Yeah, and that's exactly what I've done. You know, when, when, when I came to the Lord in 1969, I accepted the call to preach. Um, uh, I began shortly after that working with Brother Copeland. Uh, I began studying your dad's ministry, mm -hmm. Kenneth Hagin's ministry, T.L. Osmond's ministry. Mm -hmm. They all became mentors to me, sure. even though back at that time, I didn't know any of them but Brother Copeland. Eventually, God brought me into yes. their lives and them into my life and had the privilege of preaching with them and knowing them and being in their homes. And, and what a great, uh, uh, valuable time that was in all those years of the impartation they made in my life. Mm -hmm. And I will forever be grateful for well, that. Well, imparting into you so you can do today what you're doing. That's right. And then, of course, now seeing my children, they've grown up in this. See, uh, I came to this in 1969. Carolyn and I married in 66. Our first daughter, Jerry Ann, was born in 68. Our second daughter, Terry, was born in 69. So today, when I talk about Jerry Savelle, that paint and body man, Jerry mm -hmm. Savelle, that quitter, Jerry Savelle, you know, uh, 
the guy that was just living for himself and not serving God, they don't know anything about that guy. They never met that man. He doesn't exist any longer. He doesn't exist any longer. All they know is a man of faith was their dad. Yes. And, and uh, uh, they're just like any other children. They had to find their way and they find, uh, came to the place where they realized this is the way to live. It's mm -hmm. the way our parents have taught us. Mm -hmm. It works. And now they both live by faith. They both are preachers of faith. They're both preaching all over the world. And, uh, but there was a time when they had to find their own way. Mm -hmm. And I know you went through that. Tell me, well, tell me uh, what, well, what, I, what happened, you know, the son of Oral Roberts in a, in a home, running away a from household home. of faith. Yes. And yet you still had to find your own way. Well, I, I, Jerry, I was so tired of all of the backlash. I was tired of what the media was saying. I was tired of the attacks against my dad. I knew my dad was a man of integrity. I knew that he, he never told a lie. I know that he never cheated anyone, <clears throat> defrauded anyone. I knew that his whole purpose was to get people saved and healed and delivered. Yeah. And he was not guilty of all the <clears throat> accusations that were against him. And I, that carried out in my life because I had to hear it in school and wherever mm -hmm. I went. Children can be cruel right. on other children. And sometimes the, 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 the parents and the teachers can yeah. be cruel as well. And I didn't want that. Uh, I had known from a boy that I had a calling of God on my life, but I rejected it because I didn't want that type of scrutiny. I didn't want that kind of, of a relationship with God. So I ran away from home mm -hmm. uh, when, I was, uh, when I graduated from high school to get as far away from God and as far away from my parents. But God got hold of me. He got hold of me because I became ill. Now, God did not track me down and put sickness on me. He doesn't no. do that. Mm -hmm. But when I rejected him, I opened myself up sure. to Satan coming into my life. And I wound up in a hospital calling on the very God I ran from. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found myself bedfast and God healed me because I said, I'll serve you. And then I forgot my promise for about yeah. a year after he healed me. But I'd gotten sick again up in Chicago where I'd been singing. I now was in my, my, uh, my second year of college. And uh, I came back home uh, to get in and got into my old bed back at home. I hadn't been in my, my bed in several years. You wanted years. to be a recording artist, Yeah, right? well, I was going to be a nightclub singer. Yeah. I, I, had a, <laughs> I had a contract offered to me in the Sahara Hotel in Las Vegas. I had done, I'd, I was the lead singer in a rock and roll band and a lot of other things I won't go into. I don't have time today. But, yeah. but, I, but, but I, the thing is, I, I got back in that bed because I was, I was ill and my dad came in and a wall had been between us. You know, I, I'd said to him, Dad, get the hell out of my life. And he had said back to me, son, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get the hell out of your life. <laughs> it's funny now, but it yeah. wasn't funny then. Um, but he prophesied over me and showed me what God wanted to do with my life. And I saw, I got a glimpse of my future. Yeah. And I got on my knees and repented of my sins and asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. Later that evening, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and I was called to preach. I, or I should say, I accepted the call yeah. that had come years earlier like you. Yeah. I accepted it and I joined my dad's ministry and I stood by him for 40 years until he died. I, mm -hmm. I, I was with him. Wherever he went, I went. Whatever right. he did, I, I did. Whatever he said, I said. And I was gleaning. I was learning all right. the times I was talking about in the last program. I was talking about how I was being schooled in faith. It wasn't easy. Yeah. It's not easy now. Uh, you know, and, and, and I know what it's like to be maligned. 
-hmm. I, I, I did, I have been through the scrutiny. I, I've, I've been cheated and stolen from, and I've had things said about me that aren't true. And mm -hmm. the Lord would never let me defend myself. He mm -hmm. doesn't, I don't know why he doesn't, he didn't allow Paul to defend himself. Yeah. He didn't allow Peter or James or John. He didn't allow me, he didn't allow you. He doesn't allow us to strike back. Mm -hmm. uh, we know we, we could end a lot of the controversy if I just have a press conference, but no, God <laughs> doesn't usually do that. Yeah. He makes us be quiet and let him be our, 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 our defense. But I've been all through that, but Still, Jerry, that has made me strong. Mm -hmm. And my dad said, as I grew up, Richard, there's, if you're going to serve God, the devil's going to be against you. And he's going to do everything in his power to stop you. But if you use your faith and believe God, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And he's done that. Amen. Praise God. You know, uh, as you were talking, I just sensed in my spirit that there are people that are watching that have children that are going through the same kind of thing. Sure, of course. You know, they, they've been raised in a, in a household of faith. They've been raised in a Christian home. And something happened. Something, something happened. Something went haywire. Let's pray for them right sure, now. Would you do that? I sure will. Father, in, in the, the name authority of, Jesus. of the name of Jesus, I want you to know, friend, there's no distance in prayer. Yes. I have been right where that son, where that daughter, where that grandchild, that niece, that nephew is. I've been there. Believe me, I understand. If anybody understands, I understand. Amen. And I pray over that young one right now, and I pray over you. Now, listen to me. One of the greatest things that my dad did was he finally took his hand off me and gave me to God. Yes. And then God had a chance with me, and my whole life was turned around. You know, for a while, my dad tried to, tried to get me to do certain mm -hmm. things, but he realized it was going to take God. Yeah. And you just may have to step back for just a moment and allow God to work in that life. Now, my yeah. mother said it even better. She said, son, you'll never get away from my prayers. Yeah. <laughs> and that's good. Yeah. You keep praying. You keep believing. You keep believing yeah. that, that that son, that daughter, that niece, that nephew, that grandchild is going to have yes. a great life and a great ministry, a great job, a great business, a great family. You keep praying and you keep believing and you don't give up. My parents never gave up on me. Yes. And I'm so grateful. And I would never give up on one of my children. So don't you give up on yours yes. in the authority of Jesus' name. And I pray that God will strengthen you and give you the character to stand up for what's right in your family in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. So expect it. Once again, Mark the 11th chapter, the 23rd verse, 24th verse. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. When do you believe you receive? When you pray. So start praising God right now. Rejoice in the hope that He's given you. Praise God that your children are going to come to God. They're going to come back to God. They're going to serve God, and they're going to do so for the rest of their lives. And if I can get saved, anybody can get saved. And that goes for me too. <laughs> Amen. You know, Richard, years ago, uh, I had a cousin lived in Oklahoma, and we were very close growing up. And... Uh, uh, after I came to the Lord and accepted call to preach, I hadn't seen him in a long time. And I was preaching in Tulsa, mm -hmm. and I was coming back home, and I decided to stop and see him because I hadn't seen him in a long time. And I was driving up there and back. And so I went to his house, and uh, he was a little, you know, standoffish at first because he'd heard I was a preacher now, you know. And he said, uh, finally he said, well, you don't have any more fun, do you, like we used to have? I said, what do you mean I don't have any fun? He said, well, you're a preacher now. You don't have any fun, do you? I said, well, it depends on what you call fun. 
I said, when's the last time you saw demon-possessed people totally set free? When's the last time you saw cripples walk? When's the last time you saw blind eyes open? You telling me I don't have any fun? I see this all the time. That's what I call fun. Mm -hmm. He said, you used to be cool before you became a preacher. I said, I am cooler now than ever. <laughs> and I said, not only that, I've been praying for you, and that's the reason I came by to see you. I want you to know you're going to wind up being just like me. He said, I don't want to be like you. I said, it's too late. <laughs> if I hadn't prayed, you could go on to hell. But I prayed, and the Word will not return void, and you're going to wind up being just like me. And so I turned around and walked off and went to my car. He followed me. He said, I don't want to be like you. Mm -hmm. I said, it's too late. I got in, and I shut the door. He's banging on my window. said, I don't want to be like you. I said, it's too late. I've <laughs> prayed, and the Word doesn't return void. I said, one thing I want to ask you before I leave. When the time comes that you make Jesus Lord of your life, do you know how to do it? He said, that's not going to happen. I said, you didn't hear what I said. <laughs> when the time comes, do you know how? I don't want to be like you. That'll never happen. I said, I'm going to ask you one more time. Mm -hmm. Do you know what to do? If you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. Now, I've told you what to do. I prayed for you, and you're going to wind up being just like me. I got in the car. I was in the car, and I started my engine, put it in reverse, and backed out. And he's chasing me down the road, shouting, I don't want to be like you. I don't want to be like you. And in less than a year, he was just like me. <laughs> so don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your That's children. Good. Praise God. This faith stuff works. Amen. 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 Praise God. And once again, it's a lifestyle, folks. The just shall live by faith. Four times it's in the Word of God. Yeah. I think God is trying to get a message to us. He is the trying to get something across faith. to us. The just shall live by faith. And what a way it is. What, what a life it is. You know, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, in verse 4, that whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is the Son of God. And whatsoever believes that Jesus is the Christ overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So the just shall live by faith. God says it's our method of victory over the world. So why wouldn't you want to live this way? Why would, why would you think that something this good has passed away, that that God's not interested in us living by faith anymore. Folks, the closer we get to the appearing of the Lord, if you think this world has gone crazy now, you just wait. You haven't seen how it's going to turn out. But when you have faith in your heart and you believe God is a man that He shouldn't lie, then praise God, no matter what comes on the earth, you can overcome it. You can be the world overcomer that God's called you to be. And praise God, you're going to be glad that you never gave up. I want to be a part of that group, yeah. the just, that, that shall live by their faith. Because if you turn that around, that means the unjust are going to die by their doubts. Yeah. And I don't want to die by my doubts. No. I want to live by my faith. I want to be in health. I want to be. I want to have the strength to preach and to pray for the sick. I want to be. I want to be a husband. I want to be a father. I, I want to be a minister. I want to reach out to the needs of people. That's why I have to live by the Word of God. That's why the Bible is so important, and that's why my right. father poured into me, son. Don't ever preach anything that you can't back up by the Word of God. Yeah. Well, that brings me to this question. Of course, we all know uh, about your dad and his ministry, but but what's the ministry of Richard Roberts like today? Well, it's deeply immersed in the healing ministry, Jerry. Yeah. Um, I saw that Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. 
for God was with him. That's Acts 10.38. I saw that Jesus preached and taught and brought healing to all manner of sickness and disease. And he said to his disciples, you're to do the same. So our ministry today is preaching, teaching, and bringing God's healing power. Not that I can heal. I'm not the healer. But I'm a connector. I'm one who helps you to connect with the power of God. I'm one to help you to take the faith that you're living by and to release it to God. A man said to me, I have all the faith in the world. I said, well, that's your problem. You still got it. It's got to be released. Your Mm -hmm. faith has to come out of you. Well, how do you release your faith? You say, Father, when Jerry prays, when Richard prays, or somebody prays for me, or when I pray, I take my faith and I let it go to God. Now that's the source, that's the beginning, that's the, the, the ending of my ministry. That's, that's all encapsulated together. And it's all wrapped around Jesus who went to the cross to cut a new covenant in His shed blood for the remission of sin, to have His back blooded and striped, that we might be healed in every area of our lives, to be crucified, dead, and buried on the third day, to rise again, saying, because I live, you shall live also, sending the Holy Spirit, the divine paraclete, the one called alongside us to help not only be with us, but to be in us. Now that's the heart of my ministry. And it's it's always been that. Now God gives me new and innovative ways by Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit of saying it in different ways, but that's the heart of it. That's the call of God in my life. That's what I love. That's the way I have fun. Yeah, amen. <laughs> and I've, I've watched that anointing in and on you, and it's powerful, praise God. And I was with you on one of those trips to Italy yeah. this past year, and we had the most That's fun right. preaching to those precious Italians in that conference there. It was absolutely fabulous. Yeah. We were like a tag team. We, were. We, we had a great time. Now, that's what I call And fun. we're going to do more of it. I'm ready to do it. Amen. Uh, and your ministry, like your dad, has taken you around the world. Yes, and uh, had great crusades just like his, and uh, great miracles, praise God. Tell me something about that. Well, right now, uh, I'm involved in helping underdeveloped nations pastors, uh, and that is to put resources in their hands. There are many areas of the world where pastors don't have a connection to internet, Mm -hmm. and they don't have resources. Someone has come into the area, they've had a crusade, and they've given their hearts to Christ, and they feel a call of God to preach, but they don't know how. Mm -hmm. They've built a church, they have maybe 10, 15, 20, 100 people, but they really don't know uh, how to preach. They don't know how to give an invitation. They don't know how to lead people into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They don't understand the principles of sowing and reaping. They're in a poverty area, and, and they're without help. And one of the callings on my life now, uh, as, I've, as I've gotten older, is to help them with resources from our ministry. And we've developed a tablet to put in the hands of underdeveloped nations pastors mm-hmm. with some 20,000 pages of resources from our ministry, as well as hundreds of hours of video to get into the hands of those pastors to help them to evangelize their region, their community, mm-hmm. their village, and win their loss to Christ. Now, how do they That's get what I'm involved with in. that? Well, you can contact oralroberts.com. You can write me, Richard Roberts, or go online, oralroberts.com. All the information is on our website. Okay, praise God. You know, uh, your dad went to Kenya with me a number of years ago. I remember. And uh, at the time, he had just turned 70 years old. Now, at the time that this broadcast is being aired, I just turned 71. And uh, I will never forget. And he would be 100 in January. 100 in January, Uh praise God. (laughs) And I'll never forget when we got to Nairobi, I had chartered a plane to fly us to Kakamega. And uh, I, I told him, I said, now, Brother Roberts, I've got, uh, I've got a pastor's conference in the mornings. Uh, I'm breaking ground for new churches in the afternoons. I've got an open air crusade in the evening. You let me know how much of this you want to be involved in. Or if you don't want to be involved in any of it, just sit here in your room 
I'll assign somebody to you, take you to lunch and all that. And he said, well, uh, whatever you want me to do, you command me to do it. And I said, Brother Roberts, I have no problem with you commanding me, but I have a serious problem with me commanding you. So that'll not be happening. Well, I got over in that pastor's meeting <laughs> and I found out that most of my pastors all got saved in his 69 crusade mm -hmm. in Nairobi. And at that time, he had the largest crowd that had ever been gathered in that nation. That's right. And uh, uh, many of the pastors that I was working with, they got saved in that mm -hmm. crusade mm -hmm. and accepted the call to the ministry. Now they're leaders all over Kenya. Yeah. And so I didn't realize at that time. And so when I found that out, I came back to the hotel and I walked in his room and I said, I feel a command coming on. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I want you to come and preach to my pastors because most of them all got saved in your meeting and heard the call of God during your meeting. So he said, let me get my hat. And we went over there and they had no idea. I didn't even tell them that Oral Roberts was with me. And so we took him over to the church. What a thrill and, that must uh, have been for them. When, when I introduced, oh, and he said this, he said, now, Jerry, I'm 70 years old. I can't preach as long as I used to. And uh, he said, he said, <laughs> right. uh, and if you'll bring me a stool to sit on, I'll lay hands on him at the end. I said, fine, whatever you want to do. So he preached and he preached and then he preached <laughs> and then he preached. And I walked up to him and I said, I command you to stop. <laughs> and he said, okay, what do you want me to do? I said, lay hands, lay on, hands him. on him. And so he laid hands on him. And I'm telling you, the power of God was so strong in that service. But it blessed me, and it'll be a memory that I'll take with me to heaven. And he prophesied over me before I had my crusade in Kenya, just before he died. Yeah. And he said, your crowd in Nairobi will be twice my crowd. Well, I knew he had had 100,000 the last yeah. day. And on the last day of our crusade in 2010, we had 200,000 wow. in the Uhuru, Uhuru Park. Wow, isn't that amazing? His prophetic word came to Praise pass. Praise God. Awesome. Aren't you glad... For you my grew heritage up in of faith. a home yes. where they preached faith, yes. and you have that heritage. I have a heritage of faith, I thank God. And Amen. you do as well. And I do as well. Listen, it's been such a joy to share with you today. We have a special announcement. Listen to it, and we'll be back in just a moment. God has created a legacy of faith for us and wants us to uphold and pass this heritage on to our children. In the powerful book, Honoring Your Heritage of Faith, Jerry Savelle writes about the family tree of faith God has created for his children. 
and how God desires for us to uphold the lineage by living it out before our children. Learn about the positions of faith and how to move through them, how to live your faith out and teach it to your children, the lineage of faith, and so much more. In the classic DVD teaching, The Fourth Man, Jerry Savelle explores the question, who was the fourth man in the fiery furnace with the Hebrew children? Discover the price of compromise in this powerful message. Don't wait. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request this powerhouse combo, including honoring your heritage of faith and the fourth man. God is calling you to a lifestyle of faith. Start developing and perpetuating your lifestyle of faith today. Thank you once again for joining us today. What a pleasure and what a joy and an honor it's been sharing the Word of God with you. I want to read something to you from the book of Hebrews before we leave the air today. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, Cast not away therefore your confidence or your faith, which has great recompense of reward. Don't ever, ever, ever cast away your faith. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. You stand for it. Believe God right up to the very end and God will not disappoint you. You know, Richard, I've been living this way for 49 years now, and I've been involved in a lot of faith projects, a lot of faith endeavors, and I have this testimony. God has never disappointed me. It's the only way to be. Only way to be. You know, and I love testimonies that people send in and share about how they've trusted God. Here's, here's one from Lorelei. She says, during the winter of 2016, my husband and I planted a seed for a house in your ministry. It was the year of the great breaking loose. That was your prophetic word. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Not only did we get that house, but my girls enjoyed a lot, but I was also able to launch my own natural skincare company that I've been wanting to do for years now. It was indeed the year of the great breaking loose. I just wanted to thank you so much for sharing your testimonies and thank you for giving your heart to the Lord. Thank you, Lorelai. And we rejoice with you in that new house, praise God, and the new business as well. Here's one from Roseanne. Roseanne, I was listening for the third time, part seven of your teaching on the prayer petition. You mentioned Luke chapter six, verse 38, and my thoughts went to how long I had memorized that verse. Instead of just letting it float around, I grabbed hold of it, mm-hmm. held, up, held fast to it, and began to say with my own mouth, I don't have, uh, I don't have to explain how, but from now on, I know men are going to give to my bosom because I'm a giver. The next day, a friend paid for one of my bills out of the blue. It felt strange to accept the gift, but I believe I can get used to it. Praise the Lord. (laughs) That's great. Praise God. And here's one from Thomas. I called your ministry for prayer for my rent to get paid when I didn't have the money to pay for it. Praise the Lord. Right after that call to your ministry, my rent was paid in full. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah writes and says, Our daughters had been believing in money for them to go to the camp for our church's kids' ministry. Uh, The total price announced in January was uh, $540 per child. We didn't have all the money, still needed uh, about $720, but someone called the church and paid for our children's fare. And then also, the children uh, got involved in in some sales and was able to pay for some other kids to go to camp right along with them. So we rejoice in all the things that God is doing in your life. I want you to keep sending us your testimonies. God is faithful. Let me say it again. God is faithful. Richard, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Jerry. God bless you. It's been an honor. Praise God. It's been a privilege. 
Love you guys, you Love and you. Lindsay, so very much. Thank you. Join us again next week as we continue teaching you how to stand in faith, how to believe God, how to stay strong in your convictions of the Word of God. Join with me, and we'll get into some more fine teaching from the Word. So until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world. <music>